Good morning. Let us prepare our hearts for worship this morning with hymn number 18, Glorify Thy Name. And if we'd all stand, please. Before you're seated, please take time to shake somebody's hand, smile at them, tell them you're glad to see them. Let's do that right now. It is good to see you here this morning. Thank you so much for coming, especially if you are a first-time visitor. If you'd fill out one of the visitor's cards, we'd appreciate it. And if you have any special prayer requests, if you'll list that on that card, we would appreciate that too. Stan Harris, one of our deacons, is going to come and uh, lead us in prayer. As I've been trying to do for a number of years now, just give you a little bit more information about our fine deacons, really fine, fine men. Um, Stan grew up in Longhurst. Right, in Longhurst, in Cavell, Longhurst. It's a Pointer Street, correct? Oh, wait a minute. Okay, all right, I just, okay, all right. He's making this very difficult on me. I mean, I'm trying to be nice. Um, I was told about the first time his mom and dad took him to a farm. He, you know, raised in town, like, you know, a lot of, town people he'd never experienced being around animals and the farmer had a cow and she was laying out in the pasture chewing a cud and and Stan just kept looking at the cow and looking at the cow and she kept chewing and chewing and chewing and the farmer sensed that as a young man he wanted to learn about cows so he said son he said do you have any questions to ask me and Stan looking at that cow still chewing said it must cost a lot to buy chewing gum for that cow You know, I know this is late in Herbert's career, but I still got some advice for him. I don't know whether he'll take it. He hasn't taken any in the past, but I just want you to know that 
that is a fine line between a long, drawn-out sermon and a hostage situation. (laughs) (laughs) Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, Father. After missing a week, we're gathering here with fellow believers that seems like something's missing for the entire week, and we're just so glad to be back in your house. We pray, Father, that everything we say and do will glorify your name. We pray that we, as we settle into this new year, that we won't settle into our following you, Father, that we will be vigilant and consistent and everything we do and say in our walk will glorify your name. Be with us during this service. Open our hearts and minds to your word and be with us as we leave this place today, Father, that we will walk a walk that you would be proud of. We ask this all in your sons and our Savior's precious name. Amen. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, thank you. And again, we're going to try and get back on track. Um, glad uh, that we've all made it uh, through uh, the bad weather. Um, a lot of bugs are going around right now. A lot of people need our prayers. But let me first of all tell you about what's going on this week. We will have all of the services today, uh, the youth, the Awanas, uh, the adult worship service tonight at 6, uh, deacons meeting at 7, uh, t- tomorrow night and Thursday night is an uh, exercise class that has begun uh, this month for this year, and that's a free exercise class down in the Fellowship Hall. Everybody and anybody's invited to that. Uh, for the men, uh, and talking about young men, uh, boys, men, th- we're going to have the Baptist Men's Day practice again tomorrow night at 7. And because this past Monday night we couldn't have practice, the Baptist Men's Day has been delayed a week. So we'll not have Baptist Men's Day until Sunday, January the 29th, and that's two weeks from today, and we'll be having that at, at both services. Also, tomorrow night, the handbell uh, bells will practice. Uh, please notice the two Bible studies on Tuesday, one Tuesday morning, one Tuesday night, and then our regularly scheduled Wednesday night services. Now, this Wednesday night is our quarterly business meeting. The treasurer's report, the um, uh, quarterly treasurer's report, the agenda for the business meeting is uh, here at the front, and also there's copies in the back. I hope that you'll pick one of those up. The adult choir will also practice at 8. And several other things that I need to mention quickly, uh, the youth snowbird deposit, uh, that's, that information is on the back. Uh, a lot of things that are coming up, there's inserts in your bulletin about some upcoming events. Uh, the gospel sing in Greensboro, if you'd like to go to that on Friday the 10th, uh, the chili cook-off Sunday the 12th, and also about the new uh, Bible study that, uh, that began this past, this past Tuesday on January the 10th. Thank you for being here today. Uh, there are a lot of folks that we want to lift up to the Lord in prayer, so please be patient with me. There's just so much sickness right now. Uh, please remember at Duke, <clears throat> first of all, please add Sam Oakley, uh, Carl's brother, Sam. Uh, Sam is not doing very well, and they called the family in, Carl was telling me. So please, please lift him up in prayer and lift that family up in prayer. Also, Faye Carver, um, Faye had a heart attack on Thursday, uh, had a stent put in uh, that very day, and will be having another stent put in on this Tuesday. So she is still in Duke. Please remember her. Uh, Emma Yarborough is in Duke. That is Helen uh, Dennis Hackler's granddaughter. Ray Gentry is in Duke. Barbara Winstead will have surgery on Friday. Please lift her up in prayer. These folks are not listed on the prayer list, but please remember these folks at uh, Duke Regional. Uh, Billy Joe Honeycutt is Larry uh, Honeycutt's sister-in-law. She's been ill for a number of weeks and was in Rex Hospital but has been transferred to Duke Regional. Please remember Andy Yarborough, uh, Helen Hackler's son, who will have surgery, outpatient surgery on, on Tuesday. And please remember Lisa Brooks. 
Lisa will have surgery at Duke Regional this coming Friday. Continue to remember at Person Memorial Jean Clayton, who was admitted this week, and she is scheduled to be transferred to Roxburgh Nursing Center uh, early in the week for rehab, and so please remember her. She goes there as, as well as Annalie Holt, who is there taking rehab. Uh, Nanny Paul in Virginia Beach. Uh, many folks at home, uh, Benny Clayton, Elma Clayton. Susan Gentry was scheduled to have surgery this past week, but that had to be postponed until the 25th. So please keep her in your prayers. Uh, Larry Honeycutt. Gilda Lee has been undergoing tests, Geraldine Solomon, Matthew Thornburg, who had surgery this past Monday. He is back at home. Helen and Weldon Bowes, Doug and Linda Carver, Tracy Chambers, who is scheduled for surgery on February the 1st, um, Brenda Compton, Carolyn Fuller, Renee Gentry is scheduled for cancer surgery on January the 31st. Uh, please remember Jaden Phelps. This is the grandson of Amanda and Chris Phelps. Uh, he was born a couple of weeks ago and just came home this past week from, from Duke Hospital. Caitlin and Kim Robertson at home. Uh, Wanda Robertson, she doesn't have a date for her surgery yet, but she will be having cancer surgery also. Uh, Brenda Stegall, Charles Westbrook, Donna Wilburn, Joyce Wren, who took chemotherapy all this past week, Texie Wren, Rick Wilbert, Donald Wilson, and Pam Wren. Um, several other folks at Duke. Um, um, one child, a three-month-old child, who is Bobby and Arlene uh, Otwell's granddaughter, McKinley, was in Duke this past week, but she has come home. And also remember um, Clayton Meadows' wife, Shirley Meadows, who also is at Duke. There are a number of deaths since we have, uh, since we have met together, uh, so please remember the families of Larry Cozart, that is the son of Sue White. Uh, they'll have a memorial service for him on January the 28th. Alice Day, many of you know Billy Day, this was his mother. Elmer Long, Alton Reeves, his funeral was this past week. And Andy Brady of our church lost his grandmother, Pat Tingen, and they had a service for her at the end of this past week. A uh, couple of other folks to remember, uh, Garnell uh, Oakley's brother, Elma Clayton, has been in the um, hospital in Virginia, and Jeff's Norman nephew, Shannon Norman, down in Georgia. Again, folks, so many folks need our prayers. Uh, the flu is really cranking up, stomach bugs, just a whole lot of folks are sick right now. So we need to praise the Lord that we're well enough to come to church, but we need to remember many, many others. So let's pray together. Father, in these moments, we're grateful that you don't have to be reminded of all that are sick and all that are in hospitals and nursing centers and all that are battling many and various diseases. And you don't have to be reminded, Lord, of the many that are grieving because since we have met as a church, they've lost a loved one. But, Father, we thank you that you give us the opportunity to minister to others through prayer. So as a body of believers, we come today, Lord, asking that you will bless those that are in the hospitals, bless those that are taking treatments and cancer surgeries in the coming weeks, bless those, Father, who will have surgeries this, this coming week. We just pray, Father, that all would go well. And, God, I I pray for each person that's here. Thank you, Lord, for the health and strength you've given us that enables us to be in your house this day. And, Lord, may this truly be a day of worship. God, may we focus on you. May we, as we begin this new year, commit ourselves, Father, as individuals and also as a church, to be found faithful unto you. Bless the spirit of worship this day. Bless the Sunday school hour. Bless the services tonight father and throughout the week god please may it be about you and not about us and god may we grow in our faith and may we leave this place to go out and share your love with others and minister to the needs of others and witness to those who have not yet trusted christ and as we pray together we remember the prayer that jesus taught his disciples to pray saying our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And our verse, verses of the month come from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. Let's say these together. Be watchful, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong. Let all you do be done in love. And at this time, we're going to ask our young children to come forward so we can have the children's moment. Carolina, I went to see my brother Christmas night 
according to the feelings that you might have for women, there's a place called hell. And it's like no other place. It's not like with her. There'll be no shedding, no dying. You know, I even think about, I truly believe that cats and dogs will be in heaven. Amen? I read you the irritable loss of a cat or a dog, and, and, and some of those Let us join together now in song. We'll sing hymn number 96, Great is Thy Faithfulness, all three verses. So if we all stand, please.
after the offering, the special music will be provided by Steve and Tommy Jean Evans. Brian, would you lead us in a prayer as we commit the tithes and offerings to the Lord? Amen. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. Word became flesh and Light shined among us, His glory revealed. Living He loved me, dying He saved me. Buried He carried my sins far away. Rising He justified freely forever. One day He's coming, oh glory. Day, oh glorious day. 
One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on a tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected. Bearing our sins, my Redeemer is He. Hands that healed nations stretched out on a tree, and He took the nails for me. Living He loved me, dying He saved me, buried He carried my sins far away. Rising He justified, freely forever. One day He's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day the grave could conceal Him no longer, one day the stone could not hold him the grave could not keep him from rising again living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away rising he justified freely forever one day he coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day the trumpet will sound for his coming, one day the skies with his glory. sins far away rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day oh glorious day oh glorious day oh glorious day Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Tommy Jean. I hope that uh, even though the scriptures are going to be on the overhead, that you have your Bibles and you will open to the two verses that we're going to look at, which were the verses of the month. Um, The Apostle Paul can be such an encourager. And I want you to hear these verses and what I've got to say today to be an encouragement to you and to me and also to be a challenge, we, we started on this, uh, the first, uh, which was two Sundays ago. And, uh, of course, last week, I, I want to review just quickly a, a couple of things as we get started uh, from two weeks ago, okay? Just, to, just in the event that you were not here on New Year's Day. But, folks, I think these are some very, very powerful encouragements that Paul gives And he speaks them in such a very simple way. So let's pray together, and then we'll read those five encouragements, okay? Father, I thank you for all who have come this day, not only this hour, but at 11. God, I thank you for every church 
and for every gathering of believers around the world, even at this hour where the word of God is being shared. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be in our midst as well as around the world. I pray, Father, that the churches and gathering places of believers would be encouraged. I pray, Father, that you'll strengthen us for the journey of life that you have for each one of us to be found faithful in doing your kingdom's work. And God, I just pray that we would surrender ourselves to you. We would become disciples, trainees, witnesses, servants, Father, ministers for the kingdom of God. God, help us. Help us to hear today words of encouragement and words of challenge from you as we hear what Paul said to the Corinthian Christians. Father, please be honored in these moments ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. As you look at these two verses, there are five encouragements that Paul gives. Let me let me read these verses to you again in the event that you don't have your Bible in your hand. Listen to these things. Very, very simple. Number one, be watchful. Number two, stand firm in your faith. Number three, be courageous. Number four, be strong. And number five, let all that you do be done in love. How will you and I follow the Lord Jesus Christ this new year? And again, almost 15 days have already passed. But two weeks ago, I said that there's at least three attitudes that we can develop as Christians concerning serving the Lord. Attitude number one, I've tried to live for Jesus before, but failed. It's no use for me to try and surrender myself to the Lord because I always end up in failure. And folks, I want to tell you something. Anybody who has tried to follow Jesus has had those moments of failure. And if you seek to live for Jesus Christ, Satan is going to seek to stumble, make you stumble. Just ask the Apostle Peter. Peter struggled throughout his life, throughout his ministry in following Jesus. Folks, do not let times of failure stop you from surrendering this year to Christ. And secondly, another attitude is that I'll wait to live for Jesus later on in my life. There are too many other things that I want to do for myself right now. And folks, this is not just an issue for young people, although I think especially in young adulthood, there's this, there's this temptation to say, well, I'm going to serve the Lord later. I just want to put that off. There's some things that I want to do. I want to enjoy some pleasures that I want to have in life. And folks, I've found something out. The longer we put off doing something for the Lord Jesus Christ, the easier it is not to do it. Do not let Satan put stumbling blocks in your life that will cause you to think you can wait till later. And there's another attitude that we can develop as Christians, I believe. If we don't live for Jesus, someone else will. And it really doesn't matter what I do for the Lord because if I don't do it, somebody else will. And folks, again, what I'm trying to impress upon you and impress upon me is that God in saving us also had a plan for our lives, and that included working in his kingdom. Folks, if we're developing or have developed any of the ideas that I've just mentioned, we need to be encouraged and we need to be challenged, don't we? The first question I want to ask, does Jesus really want you and me to be his disciples? And again, a disciple is a a student, a trainee, one who follows and modern uh, models their life after Jesus Christ. And let me just point out three scriptures that I pointed out uh, two weeks ago. Just just again, folks, to me, these are very, very powerful scriptures. Listen to Mark 117. And you remember the setting of this. Jesus is just beginning his ministry and he's beginning to call men like Peter and James and John and Andrew who are fishermen by trade. And as Jesus is walking along, he says to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. 
And I love the way Mark phrases that. I'll make you become. You see, becoming a disciple and follower of Jesus is an ongoing process. And it is a lifelong process of developing into the disciple that Jesus wants us to be. And folks, again, Peter's example, Peter's life is a good example of this. That day when Jesus said, follow me, and, and, and Peter and the others forsake, forsook their, their fishing nets, he was not everything that he would become. Matter of fact, you and I, again, if we just look at the life of Peter, there were many failures in Peter's life. It was an ongoing process of becoming like Jesus. It's a lifelong process. There's not a completion date until we die and go to be with Jesus and be made like him. So every day is going to be a journey in which the Lord wants us following him. A second verse is Luke 9, 23. And he said to all, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. And the important word in this verse, I believe, is daily. Let him take up his cross daily and follow me. You see, to follow Jesus is not a part-time job. It is not a seasonal job. It is not at a time when it is convenient. But we are to be followers of Christ each and every day as Christians. And again, I'm speaking this to myself, okay? I don't want you to think I'm standing in this pulpit just preaching down to you. And the third verse is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now listen to this. Our Lord will not send us out to do something that he will not first give us the power to do and to accomplish. And that's something that I have to keep reminding myself of. And then Jesus said, you will be my witnesses, and listen to how Jesus, and the gospel of Acts literally fulfills, it it goes step by step exactly like Jesus told these disciples. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And two weeks ago, I pointed out, and I'm not speaking of my wisdom, but as I studied and read uh, that verse, I thought about in our day, Jesus would say to us, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Chubb Lake, City Lake, wherever you live, Durham, Research Triangle, wherever you work, uh, wherever you Go to be with your friends, the Triple C, Country Club Convenience, Clayton Corner, McDonald's, Bojangles, Hardee's, Biscuitville, Stewart's, Person Senior High, Roxburgh Community School, Roxburgh Christian Academy, Bethel Hill Storage Creek, Northern Middle School, Southern Middle School. Wherever our young people are going to school because they have trusted Christ as their Savior, they are supposed to be witnesses just like you and I as adults wherever we work. Duke Energy, Eaton, Louisiana Pacific, Spuntech, GKN, home in the neighborhood. Folks, do you get the point? As followers of Jesus Christ, it is something that we are to be doing each and every day as the journey that Christ has given for our life unfolds. We are to be his witnesses. Remember two weeks ago, I told you the story about Charlie Brown was going to become a new man. He was going to turn over a new leaf. And Lucy said, you're so wishy-washy. How can you be a new man? And he said, well, I'll be wishy one day and washy the next. You know, how are we in our walk with the Lord? Are we truly wishy-washy? Well, folks, as we begin this new year, although, again, we're 15 days into it, I want you to, to be encouraged by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit of God. And these five things, and we're going to put them back up again, these five things, I believe, should be considered encouragement from the Apostle Paul. Be watchful, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. And folks, I want to point something out. Uh, being a Christian and being a disciple, you've seen the church sign, living for Jesus is possible, not easy. 
It's not going to be easy. But folks, because God has called us out to follow his son, these are things that can take place in our life. Every one of us. It doesn't matter how much or how little education we have. It doesn't matter our social status. It doesn't matter the size of house we live in or the type of car we drive. If we have got Jesus in our heart, then we are to be sharing him with others. And we can because he that is within us is greater than he that is within the world. And so listen to the first thing that Paul says in verse 13. Be watchful. Be watchful. Now, now folks, I'm, I'm thinking that these are not only encouragements, but Paul is telling that early church these things as commands. These are things that you ought to be doing. And, and you know, I've often read this verse as a verse that speaks about looking out that we aren't tempted and led astray by Satan, but I think it's much more than that. I like the way... Um, The New King James Version translates this, be on your guard. The Living Bible translates it, keep your eyes open for spiritual danger. And you might say, spiritual danger, what does that mean? Well, let me me get you to look back at at chapter 16, verse 9. Chapter 16, verse 9. It's on the overhead in case you don't have your Bible. I want you to look at this verse. It was a couple of years ago that this verse struck home to me. And it was at a very discouraging time for me. And, and again, folks, I, I get discouraged just like the rest of you do. And, and my discouragement comes from not, not looking at things through the eyes of Jesus. I, I can get so discouraged um, and, and I can forget that the one that has called me is faithful. That's what the word of God says. He that has called us to be his followers and to be his church, he is faithful. And if there was ever a man that faced a lot of challenges, it was the Apostle Paul. And listen to what he says in this verse. For a wide door for effective work has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. And listen to this for just a second. And I think this is true of every church and every believer. God wants to open many doors of opportunity for serving him, but along with those doors of opportunity, there are many adversaries or there are many things that would pull us away from accomplishing what Christ wants us to do. And so I believe when Paul says, be watchful, number one, He is saying, be watchful for the opportunities to serve Christ because God will open many doors for you and me to serve and witness for him. But also he is saying, but be watchful against Satan's attacks. Satan will send many enemies or temptations that can attack us or discourage us or create doubt now let's look at those two things separately okay number one god will open many doors of opportunity for us do we believe that folks i want to read something to you that warren wiersbe writes the stewardship of opportunity is important The individual believer and the church family must constantly ask, what opportunities is God giving us today? And in the context that we're looking at it, what opportunities will God give us this year? And folks, here's where I found myself. Instead of seeing the opportunities, I have been complaining about the obstacles that so often we face. And so I get to complaining so much about the obstacles that I forget to see all the opportunities that God is going to open to my life and to your life. And folks, think about this for just a second. 
if we'll stop complaining about the obstacles that we face and simply let God take care of those, if we're found faithful to him, we will leave the results to him and God will bring the results that he desires. Have you thought about the potential of opportunities in your life, my life, and in the life of this church this coming year? I want you to think about the opportunities that you and I will probably be given this year to serve and to obey Christ. And I want to point out these opportunities in, in three directions. Number one, the opportunities that you and I as Christian parents and grandparents will have in the home to lead this next generation to Christ. We must get back to a biblical understanding of the opportunities that parents and grandparents are given in the home. And I believe that we've lost sight of that. And let me read to you some verses from Deuteronomy chapter 6. You've heard and you know these verses well. Listen to this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. That's our responsibility as the children of God, correct? But listen to what he says. Verse 6, these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Folks, I want to ask you something. And again, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck here. Are we losing the home to Satan? Because we simply will not stand up and share the gospel with our children and live Christ-like lives before them and folks this convicts me very deeply you see as a minister I was so concerned that I might I might push my faith on my children and in essence turn them away but I feel like I've done the reverse because I wanted to treat them gently I've not stood tall enough in my home for the Lord Jesus Christ and parents I want to tell you something it is important God's going to hold us accountable the influence or lack of influence we had on our children for his kingdom's work. Fathers and mothers, and again, I'm saying this to myself, do our children see us reading the scripture? Do our children see us bowing the knee to praise and pray to our Heavenly Father? Do our children see us coming to the house of God because we desire to worship the God that loves us and creates us. Folks, do you see where I'm headed with this? You and I must, first of all, take our discipleship and our following Jesus serious in the home. And folks, our children grow up so quick. And it's sad that in our world today, many of us as grandparents are being given the responsibility rather than the parent to raise our children in the Lord, our grandchildren. I'm not trying to be critical, folks. I'm saying to understand the opportunity, we must understand the reality of the world that we live in. And the home has always been a place for training children about the Lord. The home was developed centuries before the church The home was developed centuries before there was a temple for the Jewish people to worship in. Folks, will we as parents and grandparents, Christian grandparents and Christian parents take the opportunity in our home to lead our children to Jesus Christ? A second area that we must consider the opportunity is in our church. Will you get involved this year? And folks, our church is a typical Baptist church. A very small percentage of the people of the members do the work. I'm not trying to be bitter or critical. I do not mean it that way. Folks, are we letting the church slide away from us? Do we pray every day for the church? 
I know that in this church membership, there's some of the best people I've ever met. But folks, Satan will try and not only steal our home, but he'll try and steal our, our churches. And one of the ways that he will do that is by the church membership stop being involved. And folks, it is not because we don't have talents as individual Christians. It is the like of commitment that we make to the Lord Jesus Christ to serve in his church. And folks, thank you for your faithfulness in coming, but it's more than just being an attending member. And again, please don't leave here saying, well, the preacher's mad. I am not mad. Folks, I want to tell you the word of God is trying to tell us that the day of the church is not over. And if God, is something that's always impressed me as a pastor. If God is going to get the work of saving the world done, he's going to use a lot of different people. He's going to use evangelists like Billy Graham. He's going to use a lot of, of, of different organizations like Samaritan Perch. But where does it all begin? It begins in the local church that begins to reach out into his community and then reach out into the world. There's an opportunity for you to serve in this church. Are you taking advantage of that opportunity? And again, I want to thank you for everything that you've done. But folks, now's not the time to let somebody else do it. Now's not the time to let your talent fall to the ground and not use it. Now, I am going to sound like I'm being nitpicky now. Y'all just forgive me. If you don't like this, you ain't got but 11 and a half more months put up with me, okay? But don't you think it kind of disappoints God when we have an adult choir and we don't have about five or six or seven or eight men in it? If I'm lying, get mad with me, okay? Folks, that's just an example. And I know we got the men's choir. And I know that men sing in the praise and worship. But folks, let me ask some. If you've got a talent, the Lord gave you that talent to be used for his kingdom's glory. Amen. And it's not just about the choir. Folks, the same people are doing the same thing over and over, year after year. Folks, get involved. Let God use us. Don't miss the opportunity. I love y'all. I want you to know that. I'm not apologizing for what I just said because somebody's going to say, you apologized again, didn't you? No, I'm not apologizing. You know, I can't make you, you can't make me go to that study and prepare sermons, can you? That is my responsibility as your pastor. That's my calling. Well, I just want to ask you, what is your calling to be involved in this local church? Don't, don't be a spectator. Get involved. Don't stay on the bench. Get on the field. A third area that we need to look at is beyond these doors. Let me, let me read these verses to you. Matthew 9, beginning with verse 35. Matthew in verse 35 and 36 summarizes the ministry of Jesus. Listen to this. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every infirmity. D, don't move it yet. If you will go back. Let me, let's underline some things in there, okay? He teaches, he preaches, he heals, and then listen to verse 36. D, if you'll go now. Thank you. And when he saw the crowds... He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without shepherd. You hear the summary of Jesus' ministry. He was teaching, preaching, healing, and he was loving. But listen to what he says to his disciples in verse 37 and 38. Look at this. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. We know beyond the walls of this church, there are many people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We know that there are a lot of people that have not come to faith in Christ. There are a lot of people that need to be ministered to. There's a lot of people that have been wounded, perhaps, by other Christians. They are Christians, and they've been wounded, or they've been hurt, perhaps even by pastors. 
And they need to be encouraged. But listen to what Jesus says. The laborers, the laborers are few. Who are the laborers? That's you and me, folks. That's the followers. Jesus said the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, let me ask you this, and I'll close with this, okay? And this is a very challenging question for all of us. Matthew summarized the ministry of Jesus in these words, teaching, preaching, healing, compassion. If God summarized my work and your work for the Lord up until now, what would that summary be? And again, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm trying to encourage you. Because I believe this is what this passage of Scripture is all about. Folks, God's got a work for us to do. And here's the question. Will we be laborers for the Lord this day and this year? And I pray that we will. That's what he wants us to do. And it will be an ongoing process of becoming a disciple and becoming like him. Let us pray. Father, please, please help the church know that the words that I've spoken today are words that you have led me to say and they've been spoken out of compassion and love, not out of anger or frustration or to belittle or demean, but to challenge and to encourage. Many of us think that perhaps we're living in the last days because the world has become so rebellious and so evil that perhaps the coming of your son might be soon. But Father, along with that, give us a burden that not leaving it to anyone else or not waiting to a later date or not expecting someone to step up to the plate for us and do the job that you've been calling us out to do. God, I pray that you'd help us to be, to be watchful, to see the opportunities that you have placed before us if we will simply surrender ourselves to you to be used in your kingdom. Father, please deal with our hearts. Deal with my heart. Forgive me, Father, when I've failed you. Forgive me when I've pushed aside the opportunity to serve you. And help me, Father, that instead of saying no or get someone else to do it, or I'm not going to do it until I'm ready, help us to say, yes, Lord, I'll serve. May this year be a year, Father, in which we labor in your fields. May there be a great harvest brought into the kingdom of God, not simply this church, but into the kingdom of God because we have lived faithfully for you. And Lord, during these moments of invitation, please speak to our hearts. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn this morning is I Surrender All, number 433. The altar is open. If God is leading you, would you come and simply kneel and begin this new year committed to doing his work? Let us stand.
thank you, Lord, and we thank you for this beautiful weather and all your blessings on us. Lord, we we thank you that you have got a plan for us all. Lord, sometimes it's hard for us to see what that plan is, but help us, Lord, to surrender and, and be willing to, to give in and, and just follow you. 